Right? Yep. His priorities are together. Mm-hmm. But if he's putting women in the collection of women mm-hmm. and that part of polygyny where they think that's what it looks like, oh yeah, then it's all gonna fall. Not, this is not black exploitation. Time will expose you. Yeah. So he's consistent in his act, consistent in those things. So that's why he's able to do this and teach on it. Has it always been easy? I think it's harder for the men. It's definitely, it's harder, definitely for harder. harder. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. You are listening to the Courtship Code Podcast, where we use a combination of psychology, spirituality, and matchmaking industry techniques to help you elevate in your relationships from inside out. And I'm your host, Zara J, founder of BlackMuslimSingleSociety.com, The Match Society, and CaptivatingCourtship.com. We have some really special guests here. I'm really excited to speak with them. We have Nala and Fatima from Outstanding Personal Relationships. They are a um, newly founded, I guess you guys are relatively new, right? For the most part. I mean, we've been out for a little bit, but um, we're really, you know, putting it out there a little bit yeah, more. Right. <laughs> we're helping, <laughs> um, helping with marriage we're and, expanding. yeah, we're expanding. <laughs> so helping with marriage and polygyny and things as far as that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let me just make sure. I just want to make sure I got it right for you guys. But they are a beautiful polygynous family that is helping the community, not just with polygyny, but also with just understanding how to better communicate in marriage, how to show up more present, and offering some of their services and their expertise. So I'm really excited to speak with them because I've been following their videos online and you guys can check them out. I'm sure they'll give you all the information on how to connect (laughs) with them. But I've been following their videos, uh, just watching them very closely. And I love the very organic spirit that they are presenting to the community. A lot of vulnerability in their videos, which I love seeing people who express (laughs) and show a a sign of vulnerability and femininity in their relationships. So I think it's very beautiful. Uh, what you guys are doing so how about you guys tell the yeah. listeners a little bit you're welcome <laughs> so you tell you the listeners a little bit about your background and and just let them know about just who you guys are just introduce yourselves to to the listeners okay uh um fatima uh coach fatima with outstanding personal relationships like you were saying um, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a mother of seven. I have four daughters, three sons. I reverted to Islam in 94, 95. Um, and what I, my goal is with this work, I never thought I'd be doing this work. Let me just say that first, because <laughs> 20 year old me always says much different than the 40 something year old me that, um, I'm presenting today. I've had a lot of growth. Um, I love art, interior design. I love this work. This is my passion more than anything is helping bring people together in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So if, if we had to take a few L's to do that, then that's what we <laughs> had to do. But um, I'm so honored to be on this podcast with my co-wife, Nyla, and I'll let her mm-hmm. introduce herself. Yay, likewise, thank you. Welcome, girl. Okay, but uh, yes, I'm Nyla, Coach Nyla. 
www.jessicaforbes.com. And um, yeah, a little bit about me. Uh, Just turned 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to put that out there. <laughs> but um, uh, I've been Muslim for a while now. Oh, my gosh, probably almost 15 years or something like that. And um, have five children and well I say five children and seven bonus children five biological children and seven bonus <laughs> children <laughs> and um you know alhamdulillah I, I've been a coach that's that's kind of my thing I'm a women's health and health and wellness coach so um for years for over a decade I've taught and helped women to increase their self-esteem, um, to feel better about themselves, to improve their relationships, their um, their lives, and just pretty much live their, the best life that they want want to do. So this, um, where what we're doing now is just a labor of love, and we just came right. together um, to do what we love to do and do it together instead of doing it separate. So right. I used to just be strictly Coach Nyla and CoachNyla.com and everything like that, but I. Uh, moved all of that over to OPR, Outstanding Personal Relationships, and to work with my co-wife and our husband on this project. Beautiful, mashallah. You guys have such a gorgeous spirit. It's just shining through this. So let's dial it back a little bit, which is like one of my favorite things. So <laughs> let's talk about, and I don't want to get too much into your personal relationship on a, on a real deep side, but I do want to talk a little bit about how long have you guys been uh, in a polygynous marriage and how, how did you adjust to that in the beginning? Like just it's, share some of that. Oh, snap. Um, I'll say, you mind if I start? Yeah, go ahead and start. I might sound a little scattered, but I'm going to start. No, but, <laughs> no, <laughs> just bear we'll with start. me in my uh, fuzzy brain this morning. Um, uh, we've been involved in polygyny for nine years now. And the transition, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're both transparent. Our husband is. It wasn't easy, but I find that we didn't have support. Mm -hmm. And we were all longing for support. So that's why this work is so important because what we've done is we've taken our personal struggle, our personal pain, and we've like morphed that into this beautiful ball to share with others. So mm -hmm. we've empowered ourselves through a lot of personal development. So for all three of us, I can safely say we had to really dive head first into personal development and right. really uh, before any of that, we had to really connect. I found that my transition was more about focusing on a law in my relationship with him. And this was the springboard for that. So, you know, I kind of got lost in the, 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 the emotions of wife and mother, wife and mother, mm -hmm. wife and mother. And my spirituality, that foundation had some cracks in it because I needed to pray more. I needed to study more. Mm -hmm. I needed to do those things more. And I was kind of getting lost in the chaos and responsibility for that as an adult. But I also take responsibility for changing my narrative and saying, okay, this is not going to work <laughs> because <laughs> I have other people that have been added into my life. And maybe that's something that is here to elevate me and not something that's here to destroy me. Right. So that's the kind of the way I looked at it. I just had to be 
ready to just give up even reaching out anymore or trying to and make I things work. Because <laughs> I was not easy. <laughs> so I was like, I'm done. I don't want it. But then I still have to picture and the bigger picture was that I want our family to be a team. I want to be an amazing, um, amazing unit. So since that was my since that was my vision, I decided to stick with that vision. I had to remember, even though my personal feelings felt a certain way because I felt like I was trying and wasn't um, right. getting any type getting of, um, like, yeah, anything <laughs> back, that I was like, you know what? I'm done. But as long as we are, are <clears throat> excuse me, as long as we're above ground, we can always change. We can it's always hope. get better. There's always hope. hope. So I said, you know what? Let me <laughs> let me keep working on this until. Yeah, because polygyny looks like, on my perspective, it looked like something for our husband. It didn't look like something mm -hmm. for my children and myself because I didn't understand it and I had to study it. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I pushed for, especially for initial wives that feel like they, you know, like it's taboo or if they study it, it might happen to them. Yeah. Like, I've heard brothers say, but brothers who are in polygyny say that, you know, other women's wives don't want their, their husbands to spend too much time around them or else they might rub off. Like they might get the polygyny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you guys, guys touched on something um, that, that, is really important. And I want you guys to each kind of share your own experiences, like the struggles and the pains that you each went through. But what was just said was really important to tap into because one thing that I've observed and, and I know is that the wife coming into the picture doesn't get the same amount of support as the wife that's mm. currently there. And so yes. there's a lot of negativity um, put into her her spirit, right? Put put towards her spirit, because there's a lack of understanding, a lack of support, a lack of empathy. It's it's this view from the community, like you said, it's not always what's going on on the inside, but those right. outsiders will influence how that in inner relationship goes, which ends up yes. forcing a lot of polygynous couples into hiding, into secrecy, mm -hmm. into moving in a way that 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 woman coming in doesn't have the same a type of experience as that initial wife. And it's, it's really an ugly thing that exists because I believe that polygynous couples and marriages would have a lot more opportunity for stability if they had more support, Spe specifically that woman coming in, if she had more support mm -hmm. um, and people were more patient and understanding instead of viewing her as a homewrecker or someone that's, mm -hmm. that's tearing a family apart when actually she could be adding value to the big picture. Thing what we do with outstanding um, because of that it's, it's right. like we talked about earlier that it was no we didn't have this type of resource when we didn't, you know, we, we didn't have that and nobody wanted to talk about nobody it wanted to talk, talk about to it yeah so it was you know it was a taboo it was like you said the hiding and different things like that and we're like you know what well, we're seeing too many um relationships fail or is exactly because yeah. of lack of communication or lack of understanding or lack of compassion exactly. and all these other things yes. and then people will look at us and say oh my gosh i wish i had this or we wish we this had this we work. were like hold up you know <laughs> we it, it work. took work it took you know it took uh patience it took a lot of stuff we didn't just 
pop out of you know anywhere and like hey we're great and everything if like that if you want growth you cannot so, be lazy yeah you so, cannot because your past does not need you and your future does mm -hmm. and i found that out you know the like the hard way yeah. so we're trying to make it easy for other people so they that they want them to see that it don't have to be this perfect thing to begin with you can come it from have to be lose lose yeah it exactly win-win and it can mm -hmm. always be win-win if you want it to be that way everybody have to work mm -hmm. on that now what were some of the mm -hmm. individual um you guys can make sure that you're introducing yourselves or you guys are speakers so the audience can you know, oh. keep up but <laughs> right your individual pains and concerns and how you were able to okay. use that pain in order to prosper and able to channel that into a more positive way. So that's, I want you guys to each individually share your sides of the story. Okay. Um, well, this is Fatima. <laughs> Shocking. Um, for me, I, I learned that polygyny was not just happening to me. It was happening to my children and they had jealousies for their father that I, I have four daughters and that, powerful and i didn't realize how powerful th they were until this happened and they were very teenagery and i learned that okay this is not something that just happening to you as a wife this is happening to your children and they are jealous for their father outside of you so i said okay what do i do with that mm -hmm. i had to make them understand that it was something that was between him and a law that he had to see through it was not he could play in he was always available to them so i mm -hmm. found that when i made other people feel better or my children feel better it helped me mother them mm -hmm. it helped me be mm -hmm. a better wife it helped me be a better muslim and then gradually it helped me be a better co-wife and then i had to understand all of us were taking hits not just my family all of us Coach Nyla, she's my co-wife, her children, we all were getting ostracized in the community in a certain kind mm -hmm. of a way. And I learned that we needed to be unapologetic about polygyny. Mm -hmm. And once we were unapologetic about it, people stepped off. Right. Because then they said, okay, we can't do anything with them because they're healthy. Exactly. And they're personally developed and they're strong and they're empowering other people. Right. And, you know, Allah is first and then everything else. Indeed. You know, Allah. so... Alhamdulillah. All right, so <laughs> Nyla, Coach Nyla, it was difficult for me. At first, like I said, I came in blinded where, you know, just very blind, expecting, you know, I had very high expectations. Alhamdulillah, you know, stick and stay. And, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like my thing because I had a, you know, my thing wasn't just like, okay, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I came from a marriage. It's not my first marriage. So, you know, I was married before um, and it didn't end. I mean, it ended kind of crappy. And um, I, I I don't know. I, I was like, you know what? I saw a, a family. I, it wasn't just a husband. I saw a family that I was like, this is beautiful. Um, I come from a big family. I'm like the oldest of nine. So, you know, certain things attract me. So that was my thing. But later on, when I started to feel um, um, being, when I was ostracized by like different people and the community and different things like that. Now, um, Coach Fatima and, um, and, you know, our husband out there, he's, they were married 
for no they're well as of now they married like 24 years so yes. so this was like yeah she knows uh. them so much longer so the thing <laughs> is like you know coming in as a uh coming into a family um a marriage that is 15 years you know plus built is yeah. you have these different insecurities about where you fit in too it's like okay so you know they have all of this they have these children together they have you know so it's this these different insecurities that you feel that you have to go through but because you don't have the support of other people because they say oh well you knew what you were going into mm -hmm. you knew that you you know this was a married man you knew that it was going to be difficult or you have was okay with her before you did this you know it was a lot of that stuff where you're like why what what am I doing this for you know but it's like okay I'm not doing it for them I'm not doing it for other people I'm doing it for myself my family and I knew I had to be totally personal development I mean mm -hmm. in total personal development to say you know what I I have value and I can add value to this family and I see the value that they can add to me. As long as I kept that in mind, nothing say outside of my family will bother me. I mean, I've had my, my mom and them, they weren't accepting of it. Um, my, you know, so it was a number of people that were really close to me, you know, that weren't accepting of it, but I had to be strong in my yes. belief and what I believe, you know, what I believe and what I felt and, mm -hmm. you know, to continue with it. You know, even through the rough times, even through the times where, you know, people watching you to see what's going and on they still are. and they're still watching. <laughs> but I said, I never gave anybody any indication that it was roughness going on in, right. in you know, my in my unit. Right. I never gave them that. They could never um, they could never have any type of ammunition uh, for my co-wife. They could never come for her. I never I, that was always a, an an that was intentional for me. I'm like, won't no, won't pe people won't ever be able to do that because I wanted people to see a positive thing of polygyny. I wanted people to see that polygyny is not something that's negative, that's something that's you know horrible, that's something that tears up families and yeah, things like that. It's not it's a destructive, not destructive thing. So because that was my thing in my heart, I decided that this is how I'm going to play this game. This is right. how I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to put into light what people are going to see now now we are putting in the the transparency of what we went through because people see the beauty of what we have but we are like okay we need to let you know that it wasn't always peaches and cream right, sunshine we're not gonna rainbows. lie about it we're not gonna lie mm -hmm. about it now you guys touched on something that um i want to want to ask more questions about so both of you are converts to islam which i think is unique because what I've noticed, and, and you guys can share your thoughts on this, but one thing that I've noticed, it seems to me that converts are a lot more open to polygyny than a lot of, of women who were raised in the Muslim community. Even when it comes to the men, it seems like converts are a lot more open to polygyny than those raised in Islam. And I've heard tons of stories about those who grew up in uh, polygyny or some things that were going on in the earlier stages of Islam, particularly in Black America, which gave a lot of people a negative relationship, a lot of negative views on polygyny. But just in my personal um, observations, it seems like converts are a lot more open to polygyny. So my question is, 
even though you guys were open to it, you guys have a whole family that has, you know, as far as non-Muslim family that has no relationship to Islam, probably no relationship mm-hmm. to polygyny. Additional right. women are definitely viewed as side chicks or home records and all that. So how did you guys reconcile that with your own non-Muslim families? There's okay. a pecking order. So my grandmother raised me since I was 11 months old. It was a mutual mother and father that was the best placement for me. So I first, and I went to my father, and he was not well. So I sat on his hospital bed, held his hand, told him what was going on. And at that time, I had, I wasn't eating like I should, so I was very, very tiny. And he said, I'm more worried about your weight (laughs) than that, because he understood polygyny. He's a black man in America, and he understood women have had to share my father before so it's like he got it but he didn't understand it within the parameters of islam because he wasn't that organized and he did islam for his for certain things um his own devices he had his own monkeys on his back and he wasn't willing to give them up so from there um i went to my oldest brother i just interviewed him the other day about polygyny i'm i'm hoping to have that up soon about his perspective on it as a non-Muslim, as a black man. Uh, We have different mothers, same father. And I just went that way and I explained to everybody there was a decision made. I don't want them to mentally go on the attack and think it's something that is unlawful because for them there's, I had to tell them there's a difference between legal and lawful. Mm -hmm. Nyla is lawful to our husband because Allah made it so. Mm-hmm. Now, just because they're looking at legality, I don't care about that. I care about what is pleasurable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't understand that, I told them what it was in my culture. And if they didn't accept it, that's fine because there's a lot of things that they do that I don't accept. Mm-hmm. So we agreed to disagree. And the only mm-hmm. thing that they were really concerned about was am I happy? Am I okay? Because at the end of the day, we're all grown. So it's, we, my family's very good at saying, look, this is not my lane. You all are Muslim. I know it's allowed, but are you all right? And I find that if you tell your family, I'm all and let them hug you and let them see that you're a better, bigger picture for your family, then they'll fall back and say, all right, let me let her do this. My grandmother wasn't the easiest because she's an old, older Southern woman and she's very proud and this did not make her proud (laughs) and that's all right but she's not muslim either so she's limited in her thinking in that way so it was okay this is what it is it's allowed and she said to me you either gonna stay with him or you gonna go but you can't do both Mm -hmm. and that's real talk Mm -hmm. that's universal so it was just a pecking order. I sat everybody down, told them gently, and that's we we went on, and we've been going on. Just Nyla, um, it was totally different for me, <laughs> only because um, few people that I'm fairly close with in my do care about what they think, especially my mom. That was like a big deal. Uh, my grandma, big deal. So they didn't really know. Like, my mom did. My mom knew. She she just knows pretty much everything about me. So my mom knew. 
Uh, was she happy about it? No. Um, but the thing is, when it came to her, I had to, sometimes with my family, well, most of the time with my family, I have to call them out. I have to call them out kind of on their stuff because oh, they'll do certain things or say certain things or by feeling, whatever they feel. And when you say, you know what, have you ever looked at it from my viewpoint? Do I look unhappy to you? Do I, you know, am I this type of way? I was like, the crazy thing is, and I remember telling him, I said, you know what the crazy thing is? Because he has another wife, you guys are putting him in a total, totally different category or y'all, but did you get to know him as a person? You guys were able to see how he was and how he treated me and everything like that. And that was all fine and dandy, but in y'all heads, you still figure that, is something wrong with him or he, you know, I'm some type of side, you know, like that's your view. You have this type of view. Um, so you have to fix that within yourself. Usually when I do that to them, they're like, you know what? You're right. I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. So let me do that first. Once you go and <laughs> do your thing and, you know, uh, do your homework and check your check on, you know, your stuff, then you could come to me. Then we can have this conversation. But if you're just going to, you know, bash me or bash, you know, my family because you, because of something you don't know and you just speculate some stuff, we're not going to have that conversation. That's kind of how it was with me. And um, just recently, mind you, recently, <laughs> after nine years um, that we had, um, I had my 40th, you know, and all I wanted to do was kind of do a, my, my birthday falls on the 4th of July. So that's kind of like a a thing in the U.S. that people celebrate that stuff. It always mm -hmm. been a problem with me ever since I was a kid. And I said, you know what? What I want to do is I want to have a tradition where my family get together and they do these fun little things in honor of me. You know, we just built this family bond. Always, I have this big thing about family. So just recently, just this year, both of my family, like my mom and my sister, they're non-Muslim. My mom, my sister, uh, my my dad, everybody that got together and my, you know, um, our husband, my co-wife, our children all got together and they just had a big game night. And it was just this beautiful thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got super emotional because that's what I made dua for, for years and years and years. So it was, the, it was so beautiful, but it finally yeah. happened. So my thing is, is that you just have to be sincere with what you feel. You have to put it out there to them. When you, if you're hiding or you feel like, or you're doing certain things where people don't see it, speculate in their brain that you feel that you're doing something wrong. People are going to look mm. in their brain that, oh, you're, you, you know, you're ashamed of what you're doing because you're you know hiding it but it's not the case sometimes it's like people just don't want the drama right. but however other people look at it as like oh you feel like you're doing something wrong and they will pick at you they will do that they will, you have to call it out where it's like no and this is my life i love it i'm good you don't have to you don't have to like it but you do have to respect me because i'm going to respect if you're not so respect you not you can go somewhere else right so how did you guys eventually, because you said that, that there was a rocky start um, initially, mm -hmm. so, 
and I and I'm sure there was jealousy, there was pain, there was hurt, there was frustration. There was just a lot of different emotions going between you two. So how did you guys eventually develop your bond and be able to come to this place where you are now, where you're not only able to bridge the communicate the communication gap between you two, but also be able to help others learn how to do that as well. So what was that road like for you guys? Um, this is Coach Fatima. I, this is what I did. We're constantly in personal development. We always have been, uh, even when we weren't in a polygynous marriage, we, all three of us. Mm -hmm. So we came from network marketing and different um, events that to get into these books and tapes and audio. So I took that and then I decided that as my children got older and they, they got siblings, that I needed to take myself out of it and say, I need to make sure that these children are connected and feel as they're whole in the same family. I didn't want my daughters and my sons to feel like, you know, it was a visitation thing where I just see them sometimes and occasion. Mm -hmm. It was so important because grown up family is messed up is because grown ups messed it up mm -hmm. for the children. And I learned that as a young at a young age. I wasn't raised with my siblings, so there is a disconnect. So I didn't want that for my children. But I also learned not to look at Nyla pieces and fragments. So I couldn't just look at her as wife. I had to say, okay, this is somebody's daughter. This is somebody's mother. This is somebody's sister. This is somebody's auntie, cousin, you know, like this. Uh, this is my kid's bonus mom. I had to break the thing down and say, I need to get to know her outside of being married to our husband mm -hmm. because that's big because I need to get personal and say, okay, I need, I need to know her favorite color. What isn't she like? What does she like? Who is she? And I think a lot of times, and I told her, whenever we talk, I don't want to be talking about Nadir. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be talking about our kids every time. I want to talk about how was your day? How was your day? What's this? Mm -hmm. Or what, what do you like to do? What do you not like? To do? Who are your parents? Mm -hmm. And I think when you get to the point where you interview each other, you break down that wife wall of this is this man's wife. Let me try to get to know his wife. No, let me try to get to know Nyla for the person that she mm -hmm. is. And wife is not just one part of her life. That's not our whole life. Right. You know, and, and whatever good we do for each other, may the other one benefit from it. I mean, I think that's, um, that I totally agree. What happened was she reached out to me. <laughs> the thing is I was reaching out, uh, you know, just different mm -hmm. things. I'll, you know, send gifts or, you know, different things like that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but how long were you guys in a polygynous marriage before the bond started to happen? Was it like a couple of months, a couple of years? No, years. It was years. It was years, it was years because <laughs> I found that, like I was saying, I thought it was something for him. So I don't need to talk and I don't want to talk to you. That's how I was set up because when you don't know so much, you start building this um, very unhealthy wall. And like she was saying, I was getting the, are you in another divorce? Does he have a new wife? Because somebody might have on occasion, on a rare occasion, seen them at Eid and I wasn't there because I wasn't ready. Stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm still married to him. So just what, last year I was at the, the, the at a uh, retail store and the lady goes, I know you, that she was working the register right in front of my 21-year-old daughter. She goes, are you and him still married? And I said, um, 
Oh, she said, how are you doing? Like, how are you? You know, like my brain oozed out of my head. And I said, I'm happy. Yeah, how are you? Because it's the Facebook and the Instagram of it all. How are you? I said, I'm happy. And she just was shook. You're happy. Absolutely. I'm standing here with my daughter shopping. How more happy can I be? And she said, well, then she moved into the scary stuff. Are you still married to him? And are you all divorced? And I said, absolutely not. She couldn't do nothing with me, is my point. She couldn't do anything with me because I didn't allow her to do anything with me. I can be very hard. Nyla will tell you I can be very hard-headed. But I found that that was more work not talking than it was to talk. I felt better after we did talk. So you guys, so, so, was so. It, after a few years, maybe like the first like three or four years or so? It was about five or six. Yeah, five wow. <laughs> Wow. Talk. So, people, you guys, so, yeah. so really, your bond has really started to form over like the last four years or so. That's when there was like a major shift in the relationship. Well, we talked. Well, well, we, we, were we were still cordial. cordial. We were really cordial. We, we were, we butt we heads or anything. We, we never, never got, got into it. It was nothing yeah. like that. We were always cordial. We just weren't close. And, yeah. um, you know, that was that thing. So I say, yeah, about like the last three years or so, you know, three yeah. years plus or whatever, that's how the, the bond has increased and, you know, just gotten better. And, right. it's, you know, it's in a place right now that is like awesome. You know, yeah. my thing is <laughs> when I look at certain things, I'm like, man, you know, when you when you see your duas being answered, when you see that stuff, you'd be like, off. yes, this is like, <laughs> alhamdulillah, this is amazing because it's like, this is the stuff that I was asking for, but Allah is the best of, the best of providers because I think if we didn't go through the stuff that we went through, we wouldn't be able to talk about it right now. We wouldn't be able to have these programs to help other um other people in polygyny, whether they're Muslims or non-Muslims, to go through the hard times and have the hard conversations and go through that and go go through it, grow through it. Try- if you've been listening to the Courtship Code podcast, opening emails, and following content online, then I know that you're the type of person who values quality relationships and is ready to break up with your bad relationship habits. I want you to go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute consultation where we're going to discuss your current bad relationship habits and how working together in our signature Wounds to Worth six-week program is going to help you to heal your emotional wounds, increase attraction, and position yourself with a real strategy on how to start meeting quality partners and attracting quality relationships. So go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute discovery call and let's start Captivating Courtship. Go, go through, <laughs> grow through it, and triumph from it. That's amazing. So you said that you were... Before- for about four or five years, you were sending gifts, <laughs> initiating contact. There was still a bit of separation, just cordial, but not a real relationship between you guys. So what right. was like that? Was there like a defining moment or was it just like a gradual yes. breakdown or like what happened? There's, we, we gave birth and uh, <laughs> we had children that there's six boys at the end of the, you know, there's many and there's six boys in there. 
close in age and I thought about them. I, the, the two oldest, my sons, my two oldest sons are 14 months apart. And then I have a six-year-old who's to be seven in August. Mm -hmm. So Nyla's little boys, my bonus babies, they are very close in age mm -hmm. to my son. So I felt like, okay, my two oldest boys kind of got together with her oldest child, her son, and they bonded. So then I'm like, okay, we got these littles, I like to call them, and they need to bond. Mm -hmm. And they cannot do that if we have the man that's in the middle who's the star who doesn't want to be the star doing everything mm -hmm. and trying to create that bond. I, these kids are not always going to be small. They're going to grow up and say, why didn't you all? Right. And it's about keeping them mentally sound and close as brothers should be because they are indeed brothers. And that's another thing that I think women need to really, especially I find in initial wives that the mixing and the blending of the children as one, they struggle with. Mm -hmm. And I talk about that all the time. We need to let that happen because it is not our job to separate them. It is our job to bring them closer together. So my defining moment was, but they'll go drop the boys off, pick them up, watch them. I mean, those children are so important to all three of us and their mental health is so important because mm -hmm. we all three of us come from brokenness. Mm -hmm. So we know what that feels like. So we don't want that for them. And if you are healthy mentally, you do not want that for your child. In fact, my reached out to me. <laughs> she yeah. actually, she, like she said earlier, said, um, I never got to know you. And yeah, now when, you know, she's like, okay, I need to get to know you as a person. <laughs> That's kind of, right. my thing is I put it in my brain that whenever, cause at, at first, as I stated earlier in the, um, in the session that I said, an in interview, I said, um, I didn't, I was close to just saying, you know what? And we just I go our you know, separate ways. <laughs> but then I, <laughs> I said, you know what? Whenever she's ready, whenever she's ready, I'm going to be receptive because I know what I want. I know the bigger picture. And um, I, the type of person I am, I actually look at, I try to be empathetic and try to look yes. at, you know, where somebody is, where like somebody why, is. you know, why they feel this way. That's kind of how I came to Islam anyway. My thing was like, why do people believe what they believe? It wasn't that <laughs> I was looking for anything profound. Yes. It was just like, why people believe what they believe. And the more I studied, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is what's up. This is the truth. All right, I'm game. I'm down. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of how that was. And so my thing was, that's how I live my life. I'm like, why do people yeah. behave the way they do? Why do they act the way they do? Why do they, exactly you know? I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm exactly, I'm such a student of life. Like, I'm just a student of life. We all should strive to be yeah. that way because we're forever, forever learning. And another part of that too, that needs to be said on my end is that I didn't want Nyla to feel like she had to mentally bow down to me because mm -hmm. I was the first wife. And I think there's mm -hmm. some of that that goes on. And people look at it like that, that they should. And my thing and is, that's, she's not to do that. Even, and it didn't bother me that people, it, you know, at first it did bother me when people, that people thought that that's what I had to do. And that the, and that what I was doing, but I no, wasn't. I'm like me as no. a person, I knew when her birthday was, so I'm going to send her a gift. Oh, okay. Oh, Eat, gosh, I'm going to send her birthday. a gift. You know, I mean, it's so funny so because I'm very observant. <laughs> like I knew I have a calendar that has like all, 
Is that your love? I said, this is yeah. No, the, well, I don't. I say I'm gonna do her love language thing because we haven't done hers yet. <laughs> Me, mine is actually, and that's the thing too. Different um, communication styles and love right. languages. Just because it's not mine, don't mean it's not someone else's. So I'm going to be, um, right. I'm going to communicate the way the person receives, not the way that I'm giving. Yeah. Them. So my thing was, it was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, give these gifts because that's all I kind of knew because I didn't know much about her other than right, that right. so I was like I'll hear stuff so I'm very observant so I was like okay she likes art okay yeah. she likes to draw she sent me stationary and I still <laughs> use it from years ago when I and was like okay I'm so when you when when Nala when you would send Fatima these gifts and you guys still didn't really have a bond or relationship what was the response like she'll send me a thank you card like seriously me and no text just you know just so that oh, yeah. I throw so it at the husband give it to her or anything like that he was her little mailman right right exactly and you and you, our husband will send the stuff back and forth so that's how that so went that didn't break <laughs> down her wall at all it was kind of just being polite it wasn't really yes. it wasn't really creating that bond well I think no. later on it was just like okay What's the big, you know, what, what is the deal here? You know, but yeah. she even told me, we talked, um, like, like I said, as we start to get, as we started to get to know each other, she said that some people will look like, dude, what is, you know, you're, you, know, you can't so possibly nice. be that nice. They're not used to that. You know, you know what right. I mean? It's like a rare um, person to be so kind and so optimistic. So then mm -hmm. when people in the community, the sisters especially, mm -hmm. would see they go, oh, it's divisive. She looking for husband. Mm -hmm. I said, well, the girl's supposed to look for marriage, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you not, mm -hmm. are you all not progressive enough to understand mm -hmm. that? This is mm -hmm. not abnormal behavior. Right. So mm -hmm. when I could take mm -hmm. that away, take away the, the divisiveness of the conversation because they were trying to use it to hurt me is what it was trying exactly to. and during even during that time i wasn't even looking for me i, I wanted to you know you do my you know i want to practice my dean and i was that but <laughs> no you know way. i was going through um different things you know um before polygyny and mm -hmm. um different types of um well i've had a rocky marriage and that was that but my thing was just focusing on raising my children but yeah it was hard because i'm raising two children by and you know then I'm doing these other things like yes. trying to build yes. a business and it was a, just different stuff but I'm like oh if I was to get married this family right it'd here it'd be easier, but <laughs> I, knew that. I knew that you know what's funny is a, a, a first wife initial wife I think any wife that's in polygyny this could be the second third um, well, the fourth don't have a fifth coming, but you you all know what I mean. Mm -hmm. In my darkest hours, or in my, I won't even say in my dark hours, because they said if it's dark, turn the light on. So yeah, yeah. in my enlightened moment, <laughs> I would say, and I've told mm -hmm. our husband this, that, you know, I knew he was the man for the job. That's why it's scary. Mm -hmm. And I knew he needed the help. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, you have to go, okay, I need to pull back because he does not belong to me because if he did, I could have stopped him. Mm -hmm. Just like I could stop him from passing away. But mm -hmm. I can't do that because right. he's a... So I had to go, he's the man for the job. And I think he could help her. Like I said that to myself. Oh and my said, God, that's so beautiful. <laughs> a 20-year-old me would never. But 
you know, the 30 something me with, I've, I've went through this with him for years and I said, it, it's scary because I knew he could do it. Mm-hmm. It's scary yeah. because I knew he could get through. It's scary because I knew he could father many because his heart is big. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could just go on and on and on, but I had to sit and go, this is something for him to, to see through. This is his test. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I had to sit back and, and let him do that. Because yeah. maybe this is the way Allah is elevating him. And who am I to stand in front of that? Right. You know what I mean? The gems and the jewels that you are dropping, my heart is just like, warm and chill. Because I think that that's so beautiful. Definitely grow. I mean, I wasn't so downtrodden that I was just like, oh, say she me. wasn't. But, um, but she it was needed. What you said is so important because. A lot of times women forget that in the process is this man and it's not so much about sexual gratification and all these desires. If, if, if he's a quality person, if you, if you chose a quality man for monogamy, which is a problem because a lot of women are resentful and they are confident about the man that they chose for a monogamy. So now you're resentful towards them. But if you that, chose a quality yeah. man, you should see the honor and, and the yeah. fact that you know, and, and it's hard for you as a woman because you, like you said, you know that he's he has these amazing qualities and gifts that you know that someone yeah. else deserves yeah. to be able to have a part of that. And that's exactly. hard for you to swallow. Yeah. You can imagine. That's yeah. what it's about. It's and not that, that she needed it. saving because some people, oh, he needed to come save her. No, that it's not it. I have friends that were single moms. They said, Fatima, I wanted a husband because I needed a companion in raising my children. Mm-hmm. This ain't about money. This is about I needed a family structure for my children. Right. I knew he could do that because he did it with me. And I've seen that. That's the thing, too. <laughs> like, you know. I remember telling him after, you know, after, you know, yeah. our marriage, I was like, you know what, you, I saw this good goodness in you. I knew you love, we yeah. were just talking about this. I was like, Welcome. I knew your love for Fatima. I, you exuded that. So that wasn't anything where I'm like, oh, you know, let me come in here and break up anything like that. I was like, he is awesome with the way he is with her. He is awesome with the way he is with his children. Like, He's all this other stuff. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. But the crazy thing is it was like, I saw this, like I said, I saw this bigger family. I saw this thing. But I remember just recently telling him, I said, it's so many people that I can see in the world, like the women and everything mm-hmm. like that. And not mm-hmm. just their downtrodden or anything like that. It's right. just that, like Fatima said, they need some companionship exactly. and all this other a stuff. Family. And I'm like, I said, you know what? I could, if I could bottle you up and, you give know, them, just give, give them, them to a lot of people, people, it would be that thing. Yeah. Because you want people to be happy. You see that. Oh my gosh, I but, wish they were happy. But people think it's because, see, is, is that he's, he's consistent in the worship of Allah. So it's mm-hmm. like if a man is putting right. Allah first, that part, okay, yep. his priorities are together. Mm-hmm. But if he's putting women and the collection of women mm-hmm. and that part of polygyny where they think that's what it looks like, oh yeah, then it's all gonna fall. Not this is not black exploitation. Time will expose you. Yeah. So he's consistent in his consistent in those things. So that's why he's able to do this and teach on it. Has it always been easy? I think it's harder for the men. It's definitely it's harder. It's definitely harder. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be a man. <laughs> for 
you know, I love being. I'm about to have everybody trying to run down a polygyny path. Like, (laughs) 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 so I'm so, I'm so excited. I want to really quickly get to how you guys are. If you've been listening to the Courtship Code podcast, opening emails, and following content online, then I know that you're the type of person who values quality relationships and is ready to break up with your bad relationship habits. I want you to go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute consultation where we're going to discuss your current bad relationship habits and how working together in our signature Wounds to Worth six-week program is going to help you to heal your emotional wounds, increase attraction, and position yourself with a real strategy on how to start meeting quality partners and attracting quality relationships. So go ahead to CaptivatingCourtship.com and book your free 20-minute discovery call and let's start captivating courtship. Assisting people to get this because we do have to wrap up this conversation, but I'm really excited because I know that we're going to have you guys back with your husband. So we're going to continue this conversation. I'm really looking forward to that. But let's dive into how you guys, like what are some of the ways that you guys are actively helping um, you know, how can they ed- go to your website? What benefits can you guys assist them with either through the course or the personal coaching? Just share um, a little bit about your business model with people so they know that if they are considering polygyny, whether they're a man or a woman, even if they're maybe in down the line, it might not even be right now. Eventually down the line, they might come to this path or a law might put them on that path. Really, I feel like you get placed on it. Most people are not walking to it, it comes to you. Um, So how are you guys assisting? Like what tools are you helping people to gain to be able to get to this place, inshallah, where you ladies were able to get to? Well, first and foremost, I mean, we do have um, different um, social media social media outlets that they people can connect with us on. So you can visit us on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Outstanding Personal Relationships, our YouTube channel, Outstanding Personal Relationships. Um, I want to say it's Outstanding Relationships, relationships. on Instagram. Right. So those things, you'll see a number of different videos and, you know, different things that we talk about. And we still dig deep about and, and sisterhood and a lot yes. of that different stuff. Blog, yeah, blog. Our blog, um, our blogs um, that will be, we're actually going to do a little bit more with the blogs where we're thinking about even going live anywhere between once or twice a week. So that's going to be um, a thing that we're working on. However, excited. yeah, we're super excited we're super about excited. it. One of the main things though, we do have a um, navigate, no, 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 I'm sorry. What is it? Na- yes, navigating yeah, marriage and polygyny one on one course that's actually available on our website, and that's actually a, a five week course, but it's a, a bonus six week that we um, talk about. We talk about communication. We talk about um, different personality types. We talk right. about how to bond and how to be better with yourself in order to um, have a wonderful marriage. So you know all of that great stuff. We talk about that in that program. We. Um, also have a communications course that is communication mastery Mastery. course that um, we just recorded that will actually is actually part of the bonus right now of the 
the uh, marriage and polygyny 101 course that we have. So a lot of the things that we have uh, for purchase, as well as um, some different tools and resources that people can get just by opting into our email list is available at outstandingpersonalrelationships.com. So, and we're going to be in Atlanta um, the 25th through the 29th of July. So that's going to be awesome. I'm excited about Same. that. So we're supposed to be, we'll be there having a booth there, possibly speaking on stage. So it's a lot I of different stuff. Conference. I want to say where the, you guys are going to be. So they know they're going to be at the Riata conference. So I've been telling you guys for the past couple of weeks about the Riata conference. Inshallah, I'll be there. We have some other people. Last week, we, uh, we did an interview with Nadira Pierre. She's going to be there. So there's going to be so many amazing, workshops and I hope you guys make it down to Atlanta. I look forward to meeting you ladies in person. That's exciting. So so if you guys could give the listener your top three tips when it comes to bridging the communication between the women. Forget about the man. He ain't here. (laughs) Bridging the gap between the women. (laughs) Brother ain't here. Uh, what are you going to give us the top three tips that they can take away right now or 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 you can give us three tips for women even considering to enter or how to enter or anything like that there's three tips that you could give the audience that's good um one thing is to be sincere be sincere with your intention that's one of the things and realize that there may be some rejection at first. Rejection may come, but don't let that scare you. Because um, when we learned to walk, there was rejection. <laughs> when we tried to right. walk, we hit that floor. You know, we didn't just jump and start running. So it's always going to be work. Yes. Anything that's worth having, worth yeah, fighting worth for, it. or anything like that is worth the work. And right. the only time success comes before work is in the dictionary. <laughs> right. um let's see i would say like i was saying don't look at somebody in a bunch of pieces Mm -hmm. like don't fragment their personality you know because there's some because you can end up demonizing them if you don't look at them Mm -hmm. on a personal level without judgment you know Mm -hmm. and and always talk to people that love your family i learned that you know always always i like that yeah one more? Do we have one more? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I just say, you know, be true. Be the best you. Before you work on anything else, definitely yes, work on yourself. To. Work on yourself. Work on yourself harder yes. than you work on anything else because mm-hmm. you can control you. You can control how you respond and react to certain things. You can't control other people. So you want to make sure you empowering. That's not something that should be looked at other than that. Exactly. Empower yourself. And I and you know, free yourself mental things to happen so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be patient. Like, gonna, Summer yeah. is good. Yes. <laughs> Summer. And I always tell that. people one of the things that I tell people all the time, like especially people who are very close to me, is um don't just pray for patience, right? Because when we ask Allah for patience, he sends us tests right? To test our patient to make us more patient. So I always advise people to ask Allah to make it easy. Just ask him to grant ease to the situation. Increase the ease. <laughs> One of my du'as was I asked Allah for guidance. I asked yeah. Allah to guide my tongue and my heart. 
Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, that was big every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah. And he did. I'm so big on praying for guidance. That has been in the last couple of months, my biggest, biggest thing every morning is to pray for guidance. Show yeah, me yeah. how you want me to be used. Just saying the word yeah. help is a prayer. It's asking for assistance, but praying for guidance. Instead of praying for something specific, pray for the way. Pray for the guidance. Pray to be used in the best way possible. And when you do that, I feel like you get better results than you could anticipate than when you pray for something super specific. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know they're your door sometime. I never thought I'd be coaching anybody on marriage and polygyny Mm -hmm. ever. And Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting how Allah aligns your life. Exactly. That's what that's what you know. All best of planners and the best of <laughs> providers. So you know you gotta understand the divine decree. So yeah. Yes, mashallah. It's been so amazing. Oh my gosh, I have loved this interview. You guys have me over here just lit up. You have such radiant energy. It's is beautiful, mashallah. I continue to guide you and keep you as a gift and a gem, not just to the Muslim community, but to just the world at large because we need more spirits like you guys and transformation personal growth investing in yourself is so 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 important and i thank you guys for shedding that light and for helping people to to understand that and thank a lot for using you guys as a way to guide them so it's been amazing speaking to you ladies today i look forward to meeting you and to no problem at all i can't wait to have you guys again um, we have your husband here as well. So thank you guys. And that is it for this week's episode of the Courtship Code podcast. Make sure that you guys check in for our next interview next week. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Take a